We're in the midst of a series of lessons entitled, Fighting Your Fears. Our theme verse is Psalm 34 and verse 4. Let's read it out loud together. I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Simply put, God wants us to experience fear-free living. In our first lesson, my fight, we were introduced to three fundamental biblical solutions that are foundational to fear-free living. Truth, love, and faith. And throughout the remainder of this series, we're focusing one lesson at a time on a specific fear and the practical truth, love, and faith solutions to that fear. For instance, in our second lesson, my future, we focus specifically on the fear of tomorrow. And how do we fight our fear of the future? The truth teaches us that God alone has a proper perspective on our future. Love teaches us that God has a wonderful plan for our future. And faith teaches us that God desires to be a partner with us in our future. In our third lesson, my failures, we zeroed in on our fear of failure. And we discovered five biblical truths or solutions. We need to remember that everyone fails. We need to resist comparisons with others. We need to realize that failure is not final. We need to recognize the benefits that come from failure, and we need to just relax in God's grace. That brings us to today's fourth lesson, my inadequacy The feeling of inadequacy is a fear that we all face in one way or another in life. It surfaces in statements like, I can't, or I don't have what it takes, or I'm not capable of following through on this or that. I'm pretty useless. I'm pretty powerless. I'm pretty worthless. Perhaps one of the classic examples of this fear in the Bible is in the story of Moses. When God spoke to Moses from the burning bush, informing him that he had been chosen to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, Moses, you'll remember, rattled off all kinds of excuses. Who am I that I should go? What shall I tell them? What if they do not believe me? Oh, Lord, I've never been eloquent. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And finally, he just blurts out, Oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Now, why did Moses respond that way to God? It was the fear of inadequacy. And how did God respond to Moses' fear of inadequacy? Two words. Write them down. These are huge. Write them down in your notes. I am. I am. Moses cried out, I'm not able to lead this exodus. And God replied, I am. Moses pleaded, I'm not a very good speaker. And God replied, I am. Moses argued, I'm not adequate. And God said, I am. You see, here's the key. Don't miss this. For every I'm not, God answers, I am. For every I can't, God answers, I can. 
For every I won't, God answers I will. For every I don't, God answers I do. Simply put, the solution to my fear of inadequacy, to your fear of inadequacy, is God's power. In His omnipotence, God has an answer for every inadequacy of our lives. Now, earlier I asked you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Follow along now as I read these three verses. We pick it up in verse 18. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Don't miss that. Incomparably great power for us. God's almighty power, the same strength that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, is available to us and in us right now at this very moment. Whoa. My inadequacy. This morning, let's explore what it means exactly that God's great power and mighty strength are available to us. Let's start first by talking for a moment about God's power conducted. Perhaps there are many ways that we can conduct God's power in and through our lives, but let me just highlight two of them today. First of all, God gives us the power to get going. God gives us the power to get going. I mean, how many of us have a list of things that we would like to do, but somehow we never get around to it? We all have good intentions. Someday I'm going to lose weight. I I know I really need to get more exercise. I know I should read my Bible and pray every day. I really ought to break this addiction or this habit that I have in my life. We want to do something, but we just can't seem to get going. Our fear of inadequacy paralyzes us. Perhaps Paul put it best in Romans 7 and verse 18. I often find that I have the will to do good, but not the power. William Barclay translates the same verse this way. The ability to do the fine thing I possess, the power to do it, I do not possess. New Living Translation simply says, no matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. I mean, can you identify with Paul there? (laughs) Of course we can. We all can. Well, here's the good news. God can give me the power to perform. God can give me the power to perform. When I am helpless, God helps. When I am powerless, God's power can help me to get going. Don't miss these scriptures, these verses in 2 Corinthians. Paul says, it is not that we think we can do anything of lasting value by ourselves. Our only power and success comes from God. Our glorious power is from God and is not our own. Philippians 2 verse 13. Let's read this one out loud together. For it is God who is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. Did you notice what he said there? The will and the power. So when I lack the power to get going, God can give me the power to perform. But secondly, he also gives us the power to keep going. 
He gives us the power to keep going. For many of us, it isn't getting going that's the problem. It's keeping going. (laughs) We're good starters, but we're poor finishers. Our fear of inadequacy causes us to give up too quickly. We we poop out. We want to quit. We want to throw in the towel. We're tired. We can identify with David in Psalm 6, verses 2 and 3. I'm worn out, O Lord. Give me strength. I'm completely exhausted. My whole being is deeply troubled. You ever have one of those days? Maybe Solomon worded it even better, Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 11. As I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. You ever fear that you just don't have what it takes to see something through to completion? You ever feel like you just can't keep going? Well, here's the good news. God can give me the power to persist. God can give me the power to persist. My power is, in fact, inadequate. But God's power can strengthen me so that I can keep going. We can claim the promise in Isaiah chapter 40. The Lord is the everlasting God. He never grows tired or weary. He strengthens those who are tired and weak. Those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not grow weak. So when I lack the power to keep going, God can give me the power to persist. Now, those are just a couple of ways that we can conduct God's power in and through our lives. In reality, however, most of us, truthfully, never fully experience God's power in our lives. He has made nuclear bomb power available to us, and we are living firecracker lives. We remain fearfully inadequate. We're powerless and weak. Why? Because although God's power is available to us, we never take the steps to tap in to that power for our daily living. We're living with a power shortage, if not a power outage, in our lives. Which leads to the second main point in today's lesson, and that's God's power connected. How do we plug in? to God's power, to His great power and mighty strength. How do I connect with God's omnipotence? Well, it seems to me that it boils down to these two very, very simple steps. Beginning with, first of all, don't rely on my limited power. Don't rely on my limited power. If I'm going to experience God's power in my daily life, the same as He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead, first of all, I need to admit that personally, I have a very, very, very limited power supply. Paul was dealing with that in his own life. Remember, he had a thorn in the flesh that he prayed to God, God, please remove this because it's hindering my ministry. And God said, no, I'm not going to remove it. In fact, this is the exact conversation. God's reply has been, Paul wrote, where there is weakness, God said, my power is shown more completely. Therefore, Paul said, I've cheerfully made up my mind to be proud of my weaknesses because they mean a deeper experience of the power of Christ. My very weakness makes me strong in Him. You see, Paul had to come to the place where he accepted that he was inadequate. He didn't have the power in and of himself. 
wasn't his power that was going to see his ministry through. wasn't his power that was going to make him be able to get going and keep going every day in his life. He had to recognize, okay, I can't do it on my own. I am weak. And then when he said, I am weak, God said, that's exactly where I want you. Because in your weakness now, you can rely on my nuclear power strength rather than your firecracker strength. We got to come to that same place in our lives. We cannot do it on our own. We don't have the power. We don't have the strength. We are, in fact, inadequate without God. So first, if I'm going to connect with God's power in my life is important that I don't rely on my own limited power. But secondly, on the opposite side of that, I need to rely on God's unlimited power. Do rely on God's unlimited power. That logically follows on the heels of the first step. Once I come to terms with my own inadequacy, my own limited power supply, then God has me right where He wants me. See, it's only when I am empty that I can be filled. It's only when I stop relying on self that I can begin to rely on God. Second Chronicles 14 verse 11 reminds us, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. So how do we do that? How do we rely on God's unlimited power for our daily life? key is faith which is demonstrated, by the way, in these three ways. First of all, in faith I must believe. In faith I must believe. Simply put, I must not doubt God's power. I must believe that He is omnipotent, that He is all-powerful, that He is unlimited in great power and mighty strength for my life. It was that belief, by the way, that Belief in God's supply of power that finally brought Job around in the end. When you get to the end of his book, Job says, I know, Lord, that you are powerful, that you can do everything you want. I see in that a surrender. Job said, okay, I can't do this. It's all yours, Lord. Jesus reminded us in Mark 9 and verse 23, everything is possible for the person who what? Believes, yes. He put it this way in Matthew 9, verse 29. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Boy, that's a haunting verse. According to my faith, it is going to be done to me? Yowzers. (laughs) How's my faith? (laughs) Do I really believe? Because if I don't really believe it, it's not going to happen. So in faith. I must believe. Second, in faith, I must speak. In faith, I must speak. Simply put, I must verbalize. I must announce. I must declare. I must proclaim that what I believe God can and will do in and through my life. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13, in the Scriptures it says, I spoke because I had faith. We have the same kind of faith, so we speak. This is an incredibly important test of our faith. Do you believe God enough to say it out loud? 
Do we have enough faith in God that we would declare what it is that God is going to do and can do in and through our lives? Will we proclaim that boldly in faith to others? You have enough faith in God to put it in writing? That's a thought. See, goals, written goals, are really an expression of our faith. You show me the size of your goals, and I'll show you the size of your God. Think about that for a minute. Let's read what Jesus said in Mark Mark chapter 11 out loud together. Would you read this with me? Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that they will, what they say that will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You know, I think the key words actually in all, in all those verses are the, are the words that talk about speaking. Say to this mountain. Whoever says, ask. See, faith has to be verbalized. When we've got a mountain to move in our lives and we are fearfully inadequate to do it, we need to connect to God's mountain-moving power by both believing and speaking. Let me put it this way. Frankly, I think many of us short-circuit God's power with our mouths. We pray, God, please reconcile and restore my broken relationship. And then we badmouth whoever the broken relationship is with, and we tell everybody how it's just impossible, it'll never happen. Making sense here? We, we pray, God, please hear and answer this prayer request. And then we proceed to belittle ourselves and to tell others that it's never going to happen. We pray, God, I believe that you can heal me. And then we moan and groan and gripe and complain to anybody and everybody in the misery of our pain. And we literally sabotage ourselves. Because we want to believe this, whatever this is, and then we turn right around and our words are exactly the opposite. I'm going to say something here that might shock some of you. I think sometimes to pray, not my will but yours be done, is a cop-out. See, when Jesus prayed that prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane on his face before God, he he knew what was ahead of him. He knew what God's will was. and He was struggling with that in his human, 100% human being that he was. He did not want to go to the cross, of course. But he laid it before God and he said, God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not your will, not my will, yours be I think, however, sometimes we pray that prayer and it's a cop-out. Because we pray for something, we want to believe that this, whatever it is that we're praying for, is going to happen. But then we tack on to the end of our prayer, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, because we want to have an escape clause. 
We, we, we want to say, God, I really don't think this is going to happen, so I'm going to put this on the end of my prayer because I really think it's probably not going to happen, and I don't want to blame you if it doesn't, so God, if it's not my, you know, you know what I'm saying? And we talk ourselves right out of it. Our words betray our lack of faith. So I want you to think about this one. So in faith, I must speak. Thirdly, in faith, I must act. In faith, I must act. That's the ultimate test of faith, of course. If you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, don't miss this. In order to connect with God's power for my inadequacies, in faith, I must believe and I must speak. But ultimately, in faith, I must act. And here's the tough part. Many times, I must act first before God's great power is released. I must step out in advance before God's mighty strength is unleashed. To put it another way, I must act as if I have the power even though I don't have the power in order to get the power. Let me say that again. I must act as if I have the power even though I don't have the power in order to get the power. Now, lest you think I've gone totally bonkers, let me remind you that that is a biblical principle. There are many examples in the Bible of how people took the first step and then God released his power. How about Noah? Who by faith built an ark even before it had rained a single drop on the face of the earth. (laughs) Or Abraham who by faith pulled up his family roots and went on a journey even before God had revealed the final destination. Or Joshua and the Israelites, who by faith stepped into the Jordan River even before they knew that God had cut off the waters 19 miles upstream at Adam. I love that story because 19 miles worth of river, I don't know how long that would have taken, had to flow by them after they stepped in the river. And so you can see them. I don't know. How long did it take for that water to stop flowing? I don't, I don't know. 19 miles of river, that's quite a lot. But they had to step in the river first before God stopped the waters 19 miles away. But God was working upstream. Or how about the apostles, who by faith distributed five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, before they knew that Jesus had actually multiplied it. Here's the bottom line. Some of you are waiting on God when in reality, I need to let you know God is waiting on you. You must take the first step acting in faith. Don't wait till you feel like it. Just do it. If you're in the center of God's will and you've been praying about this matter and you've been seeking counsel from others and you've been looking in the Scriptures and you know that God is leading you in this direction, then go for it. What are you waiting for? God is saying, step out in the river and trust me because I'll work upstream on your behalf. So in faith, I must act. Let's summarize. 
How do I plug into God's great power and mighty strength? How do I connect with God's omnipotence? I think it really boils down to these two steps. Very simple. Don't rely on my limited power, but do rely on God's unlimited power. In faith, I must believe, I must speak, and I must act. Fighting your fears. This morning we've looked at my inadequacy. And if you're facing the fear of inadequacy in your life right now, I want you to know that the solution is God's power, the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead. And in whatever area of your life you are saying, I'm not, I want you to know that God is saying, I am. His power can be conducted in your life to help you get going and to keep going. The question is, will you be connected to His power as you believe, speak, and act in faith? Let's close by reading Ephesians five and verse, or 3 and verse 20 out loud together. Would you read this with me? Now glory be to God, who by His mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we need that power. Oh, how desperately we need that power. We are, so many of us, living on a power shortage. So many of us are, are leading lives that were paralyzed by the fear of our own inadequacy. And Yes, we must recognize that we are, in and of ourselves, inadequate. But you are the great I Am. And for every I'm not, you are the I am. And your power is available to us, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Resurrection power is available to us in our lives to help us get going and to help us keep going. And so today, oh God, help us to believe. Help us to speak. And help us to act in faith. And pour out your mighty power in and through our lives in a new and fresh way, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.